Welcome to the Hidden Palace with Skyblaze. Morning, afternoon, evening, or night, wherever you are in the world. I'm Skyblaze, at last, and this is the Hidden Palace here on Radio Sega. Um, my technology is uh, trying to defy me once again, but I think I've beaten it into submission now. Uh, so let me know if there are any issues. Hopefully you can hear me, for one thing. So, let's proceed. Um... Something that I haven't talked about in quite a while now, and that's peripherals. Uh, those lovely add-ons that try and enhance the gaming experience, and which can be met with varying degrees of success. I've been looking at some pretty interesting ones, and some dubious ones. You'll find out what I mean by that later. Uh, Resident SD and Electric Boogaloo say that they can both hear me loud and clear. Excellent. Technology has been suitably wrangled then. It's good to hear. Right, I'm going to start off with a PlayStation 2 controller. And that, 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 before any of you start, this is a PlayStation 2 Sega Saturn controller. It was released in Japan in 2005 and is known as the Fukokuban Sega Saturn control pad. It's a controller which, by its name, looks pretty much exactly like a Sega Saturn controller, but with a few additions. First thing to note is the button layout. The start button has been replaced with the select and start buttons that you'd usually find on a PlayStation 2 DualShock controller. The next is the addition of little markers next to the buttons, which lets you know what button does on the PS2 layout. For example, A is the X button, B is the circle button, C is the R1 button, and so on and so forth. You'll also see under where the Sega Saturn logo is, there is a PlayStation logo. Also worth noting that there was another version of this pad that had a USB connection and was designed for use with Windows PCs or Apple Macs that were using OS X. This mostly came in typical Saturn colours of grey, black and off-white, although other colour variants existed, including a champagne gold version. Uh, there was a pure white version that was bundled in with the Mac OS X version of Puyo Pop Fever. Now, I'm just going to wait and see if my friend Multiclass Geek appears. Because we had a theory at one point that if you said Puyo Pop Fever three times in a mirror he would appear in a puff of smoke. I'm just saying that because he was absurdly good at that game and used to kick my ass every time. Anyway... Uh, from so from let's have some music and so from Puyo Pop Fever we've got Ready for Fever mode and then as a special treat for Green Viper 8 we've got from Puyo Puyo 25th Anniversary CD the Puyo Puyo song rock version and I'll be back after this music break to talk a bit more about the uh, PS2 Saturn controller enjoy
I'm Resin SD, host of Lay and Live. And when it comes to boosting your Sega education, there's no better place than the Hidden Palace on Radio Sega.
was Puyo Puyo 25th anniversary CD, the Puyo Puyo song rock version. Um, apparently it was arranged by June Sunaway, which, cool, alright. Um, I'm always up for a bit of June Sunaway music. Uh, before that we had Puyo Pop Fever, ready for fever mode. Um, Twinny's been doing their usual exemplary job of uh, posting to social media for Hidden Palace. Uh, even though they are a bit distracted because apparently they have a, a live stream that they want to watch this evening. Uh, <laughs> and we've had a couple of superb responses on um, the Twitter page. Because uh, Twenty posted a picture of that uh, of Kokoban uh, Sega Saturn control pad uh, with the comment of uh, if the PlayStation 2 and Sega Saturn had a baby this would be their offspring. And uh, one person called Hard Pretzel um, just posted in all caps what? <laughs> and another person called Carter Dotson uh, put extremely cursed images. <laughs> Genius. Uh, yeah, this is the kind of quality uh, sacred education that you can expect from the show. So, one thing that I suspect that some of you may have noticed, based upon seeing the picture of the Fukukuban Sega con uh, Saturn control pad, is that there's something missing. Yeah, that would be the analog sticks. Because it doesn't have any. Uh, I'm fairly sure that if they'd thought hard enough about it, they probably could have put analog sticks on it, but they didn't. Um, you know, or having it on a little island type thing like the DualShock does, but... Oh well. So yeah, there's no left and right analog stick, and that limits what kind of games that you can use for this particular device, especially if you're depending on the sticks for character movement and or camera movement. Bit of a problem. Slight design flaw. Uh, the, uh, like the, uh, um, uh, the Windows uh, USB version, this has a multiple different colour versions. Uh, they're mostly available in black and white, but there is a unique purple version. Purple is my favourite colour, so this immediately made me go, mm. uh, This one is referred to as the Vampire Controller, as it was bundled with the Vampire Darkstalkers collection for the PlayStation 2, which was also released in 2005. <laughs> Nicholas Amand saying Giggle Blaze. <laughs> yeah, because that, that, that cursed images thing just tickled me. Alright, oh, where was I? Alicia Butler has posted a picture of a Sega Saturn controller that does have uh, DualShock style sticks, uh, analog sticks on it. So, yeah, it's pretty nice. I don't know how comfortable that would be to hold though, because it's it, uh, the Saturn controller kind of flares out quite a bit. Um, I have tiny hands, so I have to think about these things. Uh, Although the, the Sega Saturn and Mega Drive controllers are pretty comfortable for me, it's the the Dreamcast is a bit large. Uh, I tend to my, it tends to start hurting my hands. Um, after a while, Electro Google is saying uh, the one with the controller with the analog sticks is a retro bit prototype from a while back. That's pretty cool. Um, I need to get a retro bit controller at some point. Where was I? Right. Let's talk about another peripheral, shall we? Uh, next up we have the Aura Interactor, and this is a device which was designed to provide haptic feedback for the games that you play. 
Now, this device was not created by Sega, but rather by a group called Aura Systems. And that's messing with my head considering how much dot hack I've been playing recently. Those who know, know. Uh, it was also the first commercially available haptic suit, as it was released in 1994. Uh, you wear it on your back or your chest, and uh, the interactor uses vibrations to mimic the effects of things like punches, kicks, or other notable impacts. Um, the way it works is that the interactor connects to your console via an amplifier, using either the audio jack for the Mega Drive 1, or via an adapter, which is included with the device, for the Mega Drive 2. Uh, TCB. Oh, hello, TCB. A wild TCB appears. Electrical is saying, I know their current Saturn wireless controllers don't have sticks on them. No, they do not. They're still quite pretty, though. And apparently really nice quality. So I'm kind of tempted. Um, let's have some more music, I think. Uh... Special thanks to um, Ravseeg who provided the two tracks that I'm about to play. Um, I think they're they're like some of their favorite, some of Ravseeg's favorite tracks from Darkstalkers. They're both uh, from Darkstalkers. The first one is from Darkstalkers One, and it's Zabel Stage Australia. And then from Darkstalkers Two, we have Morrigan Stage Scotland. Uh, also thanks to um, Resident SD for providing the Puyo Pop Fever track that I played earlier. Um, because we're having some... I'm not the only one having technical issues. The database for um, the Radio Sega Music Archive is currently not working properly because of a certificate issue. So um, we've been frantically sharing files between us. So, but here's some music from Darkstalkers. I hope you enjoy it. And I'll be back after this music break to talk a bit more about the Aura Interactor. Hey yo, this is Rapsy here, and you are listening to the amazing Hidden Palace on Radio Sega. 
we are back! And that was Darkstalkers 2 Morrigan Stage Scotland, and before that we had Darkstalkers Zabel Stage Australia, both of which were provided slash requested by Ravsig. So thank you very much to Ravsig, who gets uh, the ident as a reward. Electric <laughs> um, Boogaloo posted an advert for the Aura Interactor, which I'm currently talking about. Um, it features a a fairly creepy looking doll that gets blown up. Exactly what this has to do with the haptic suit, I am not entirely certain. But the 90s was a wild time for gaming related advertising. Um, but then adverts in general are like, what has this got to do with the product that you're trying to sell a lot of the time? Um, Greyfall mentioned the one with Johnny Depp in the desert burying something and apparently this is to do with Aftershave. I don't understand. Although why you'd use an entirely visual medium to sell a product which just smells nice, I don't- what? At least if it's in a magazine you can include like a sample of it or, you know, a scratch and sniff card for what it smells like. Not so much with the TV. Uh Electric Boogaloo's guessing um, about the, the Aura Interactor advert is the big explosion equals heavy sound vibrations. Maybe. So I'm going to talk a bit about how the Aura Interactor works so you understand this. Uh, once you've plugged it into the audio jack or the adapter, uh, the device will then react to certain sound cues from the games that you're playing. And that in turn is converted into vibrations on the suit device thing. Uh, it depends what sort of sound cues it's looking for. This can mean that you get very little out of it when it comes to the sort of games that you intend to play with it. Uh, there's one game I'm aware of which was somewhat designed with this in mind, and that was Mortal Kombat 2. Uh, Acclaim and Aura Interactor signed a deal where they would advertise each other's products. Acclaim would program special audio clues into the game, which would then trigger the interactor when you were landing or taking hits while fighting. Uh, and also they would have like... Uh, the Aura Interactor would come with a leaflet advertising Mortal Kombat 2, and uh, the Mortal Kombat 2 would advertise the Aura Interactor. In theory. Interestingly, the Interactor was not solely a product for Sega's use. Uh, it was advertised that it would work with the SNES as well as the Genesis slash Mega Drive and Sega CD consoles. Not only that, but so long as you could connect it to an audio jack, it would work with pretty much anything. So in theory, you can use it for PC or even modern VR games. It probably wouldn't be that impressive because it doesn't have anything custom designed for it, but something might happen. And it would certainly be a damn sight less expensive than uh, modern haptic systems. Because have you seen how much they cost? It's a really terrifying amount. Even considering that the Aura Interactor is rare-ish, because it didn't do that well. Modern, modern haptic suits are terrifyingly expensive. Anyway. No one's saying uh, expensive aftershave attracts big cats and not enough adverts use this as a selling point. I want to see more celebrities chased by leopards. <laughs> okay then, you do you. 
Uh, let's have some music then. So from Mortal Kombat 2, we've got Living Forest, which was requested by my beloved Grayfo. And then after that, we've got from Body Count, uh, the ending theme, which was requested by Electric Boogaloo. So enjoy those, and I'll speak to you after the break to discuss the more dubious entry in today's listing.
we are back. And that was Body Count Ending Theme, requested by Electric Boogaloo. And before that, Mortal Kombat 2 Living Forest, requested by Grateful. Now, here's the one that I referred to when I was talking about dubious products at the start of the show. The Trans Vibrator. That, the, before any of you start... This was designed by Tetsuya Mizuguchi and was created to enhance the gameplay for the game Res. Those of you who have got filthy minds, which I suspect is most of the contents of the Radio Sega Discord chat, will already be thinking what this was going to be used for, but that was not actually its intended purpose. Mizuguchi has intended for it, people to place it under their feet as his intention was to make it feel like you were at a music festival or a rave where the music could not only be heard, but also felt. If you've ever been to a concert or even to Summer of Sonic when Crush 40 were playing, you'll know exactly what this means. There were vibration functions in the controllers, be it the PS2 con DualShock controller or the Dreamcast with the Rumble Pack add-on, but he wanted to pe people to feel the game with more than just their hands. Now this device was only available in Japan for the PS2 as it would connect to the USB port on the console. As an interesting extra, back in 2016 the Dreamcast Junkyard did a small video on a Dreamcast version of the device which was created by one Scott Marley, also known as Doc Eggfan. And this version used two Dreamcast rumble packs. One would connect to the controller and a lead from this would go to a second rumble pack which then allowed you to use it as though it was the trans vibrator itself. And yes, as expected, um, people in the chat are being filthy. Particularly Resident SD, shame on you Resident SD, I will boop your nose. I, I knew this was gonna happen. Ah oh dear. Let's move on, shall we? Um, about 40 different people have messaged me uh, over the past couple of days regarding that uh, the rare arcade cabinet that was found in uh, an Irish field. Um, yeah, a Sega R360 arcade cabinet was discovered in County Antrim. Um, it's, they're actually one of the really rare ones because this was the gyroscope powered arcade cabinet that was debuted in Japan in 1990 and then was deployed across the globe over the following year. Uh, this, so this machine is over 30 years old at this point and it's been spotted on the north coast of County Antrim, exposed to the elements and in dire need of extensive repair. Uh, the CRT screen is cracked and broken. Um, the all the electronics have been apparently completely open to the elements, and it looks like the saddest thing in the entire world. But apparently, a individual called Lee Peters, who is a member of the Sega R360 and R360Z fan club on Facebook, is um, looking to rescue it and, if possible, restore it. I don't know if it's... looking at the state of the thing, I don't know if it's actually possible. Uh, because it is in such a bad state. Uh, it would be nice if it could be restored there. 
Um, I've never actually seen one of these things in person, I've only seen pictures. I'm told that there was one in uh, Sega World in the L in London Trocadero, but I don't remember seeing it. Oh, apparently Tom Campbell used to own the Aura Interactor. <laughs> and Resident SD is saying about the um, the R360, um, anything that could be done to restore it would be a bonus. It, even if it would, it was, if it's just a cosmetic restoration it would still be nice to have it in some sort of order um apparently the bloody thing weighs over two thousand pounds and is over seven feet tall good grief no wonder somebody just left it there it's still very sad though and greyforce telling me that only 200 of the r360 can made good grief so yeah even if it is just a cosmetic restoration i hope something can be done with the thing because just leaving it there in a field in Northern Ireland is the saddest thing in the world. It's like when you see, like, supercars that have been rusted to hell. It's just sad. Anyway, let's have some music, shall we? Uh, since I mentioned Res, let's have a track from Res. Uh, so from Area 2 and Mars. Uh, this is the Radio Sega e edit, so it won't go on for 600 million years. And then our final request of this evening from Sega Ages 2500 Volume 2, Monaco GP Original Mode 3, and this requested by Nicholas Haman. So enjoy those, and I'll be back after this for and Corner. Enjoy.
Good morning, afternoon, evening or night, wherever you are in the world. This is Nicolas Aman, the demon ruler of the Radio Sega playlist. And you're listening to... The Hidden Palace. Sega Ages 2500 Volume 2 Monaco GP Original Mode 03 <laughs> That was requested by Nicholas Aman and before that we had from Res Area 2 and Mars um, Yeah, various odd discussions are going on in the chat um, Electropagolis posted a really interesting uh, thing that's Res Area 
Rise Beta Area 2, Rockefeller Skank by Fatboy Slim. I'm intrigued by this. I can't listen to it at the moment because all of my uh, audio is engaged with the broadcast. Um, but there was a joke about Fallout Boy and then the Vault Boy from Fallout was invoked. Um, I didn't used to think that the Vault Boy was that scary until I discovered the reason why he's usually depicted with like holding out his hand with a thumb up and one eye closed. Um, it's because the theory was if there was a nuclear explosion, if you held out your hand and put up your thumb and closed one eye, if the explosion was larger than your thumb, you were too close to the blast radius and you were dead. If it was smaller than your thumb, you probably had a chance to get away. In theory. Isn't that cheerful? Anyway, moving on. Video games. <laughs> so let's have some chipchin corner then. Uh, so, Animal Style is a now defunct chipchin music project by a American musician called jo Joey Mariano, uh, which ended in 2015. Uh, Joey himself is still active in the music scene, however, and further information on the Animal Style project can be found on the official Bandcamp page, where you can find their various albums. I will now post that into the Discord chat. So I'm going to play one of their tracks, which is called Hadron Collider, and then I will speak to you guys again to finish off today's show. So this is Hadron Collider by Animal Style. I hope you enjoy it, and I'll speak to you guys in a bit.
And that was um, Animal Style Hadron Collider. I hope you enjoyed that. Um, Electro Boogaloo tells me that uh, the res thing was because uh, when they were developing it, they used a whole bunch of uh, commercial music, including Fatboy Slim, Aphex Twin, Underworld, and a few others, as placeholder tracks. Uh, tried to get them licensed for the finished game, but couldn't reach an agreement. Uh, which is a shame, because Aphex Twin in particular, I think, would have uh, would have worked really well. But it's still a great game, and still has a really good, um, though trippy, soundtrack. So, thanks to everybody for listening today. Um, thanks to everybody who's been in the chat. So, we've had Doan, Electric Boogaloo, uh, Resident SD, Greyfor, Gavi, TCB. What else have we had? I don't know who else has been around. Um, oh, one other thing I wanted to mention was uh, apparently Tom Campbell, um, who did the History of Sonic podcast a few weeks ago, uh, had one of the, uh, had an Aura Interactor. Uh, got it for Christmas the same day that he got Virtua Fighter for the Mega Drive, and everything felt like a kick in the back. Punched in the nose, kick in the back. Leg sweep, kick in the back. Kick in the back, kick in the back. Uh, good times, but he got bored after a week. Yeah, I think I think being kicked in the back repeatedly would get a bit tedious after a while. Oh well. Right, um... If you have any ideas for anything that you want me to cover on The Hidden Palace, you can reach me through Twitter, where I am at Blazing Skies. Or you can contact me through the Radio Sega Discord channel, where I have currently have the ridiculous name of Skyblaze the Kitty Blob. Um, or you can contact me through the official Radio Sega Twitter or Facebook pages. Uh, I've been Skyblaze, and this has been the Hidden Palace here on Radio Sega. I've got one last track to go out on, and from one transshooter to another, uh, Polybius. If you've not played Polybius, it's available on um, PC and PS4, and has a VR mode, and is one of the trippiest games I have ever played. It's trippier than Res. I am not making this up. Um, play it for long enough and you feel like you've been on interesting substances. Anyway, it's a great game. I advise you play it. I was created by Llamasoft, who uh, some of you who are old like what I am will probably recommend that, recognize that name. Um, so yeah, from Polybius, we've got Losing Control as our final track for today. Thanks everyone for tuning in. Take care. Good night.
Enjoyed the show? Check out the full Radio Sega live schedule at radiose.ga forward slash shows. Radio Sega, playing the best Sega music 24-7.